Welcome back to Blind Guy Talks Tech, your daily accessible tech podcast. Add your voice to the discussion. Email hello at blindguytalkstech.com or call and leave us a voicemail on 0204-571-3354. Oh, hello. Welcome to another Blind Guy Talks Tech. I am that blind guy, Stephen Scott. Hey, guess what? We've got another blind guy with us today. It's Robin Christofferson. Hello. Hello. Blind <laughs> as a bat. Blind as a bat. Yeah, as a bat. You know, we didn't talk to Sean Priest about this one. We, we need to get him on to talk about this, that we need to rename his shed the Bat Cave, as per yeah. our listener's suggestion on the weekend edition. That is a great idea. Can I be Robin, who's um, Boy Wonder accomplice? Obviously. Hang on. Now, hang on. Does that mean I'm Batgirl? Uh, or is that Joker? Sally? I don't know. Joke. Here we go. That's it. So Sally's Batgirl, or Batwoman, her choice. <laughs> Is and there a Batwoman, he I, says, knowing I, nothing I, about... Was there not a cat involved somewhere? Was there not a Catwoman or something? That's true. Was Catwoman, yeah. wasn't it? I think she'd like that, actually. She would like that. She would yep. love that. And uh, I'm the Joker. Jackie the Joke Man. That's me. Anyway, how are you? <laughs> uh, yeah, still a tiny bit croaky. I know, um, me too. Yeah, yeah, that's right. We've both um, been through the ringer a little bit, but uh, we can't. We, we can't complain, though, really, can we? No, look, we've been fine. I mean, in the grand scheme of it, we've been okay. My wife has, mm-hmm. has been suffering with it. She still is, although I think we're starting to see... It, it, we're at the point where she's starting to complain a lot, and that usually tells me things are getting better. You know, it's like, you know, yeah. it was getting fine if we're starting to moan um, about Quite it. So, so <laughs> yeah, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully that'll uh, mean that the end is in sight for it. But um, no, it's, it's a horrible thing, you know, and, and it's interesting. I was watching a show yesterday, I think it was Jeremy Vine or something in the morning whilst eating my shreddies. And um, it's just like, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, it's all fine. You just get back to work and everything's normal. And, you know, let's just pretend it doesn't exist. And you think, yeah, that's fine if you're not immunosuppressed. You know, that's fine if you are someone who can, you know, get the vaccine, get the triple jab and all that. But if you can't, it's a, it's a freaky time for you. It's scary. Yeah, we saw a friend the other day who got it really early on and really badly. And she's still suffering from long COVID symptoms. And the medical people have basically said that that's it for you now it's chronic you're gonna have it Jeez. you yeah significant memory issues uh oh, really? brain fog yeah um doesn't trust herself to use the gas oven things like that wow and this is somebody who used to be literally a super nanny one of these people that were um that flew all over the world at a moment's notice to sort out children who were problematic for rich people so she was like a superwoman she really was and now she can't be trusted with her own hob. That's terrifying, yeah. isn't it? It's terrifying that really, yeah, it's at that really stage. Is. And the yeah. thing is, you don't hear these stories very often because people... I don't know. I mean, I, I don't want to become the... It's the mainstream media. I'm not one of them. But I think that there's clearly a narrative at the moment of let's get back to some kind of normality. And um, I, I don't think that's fair that we should... I mean, I, I get that we have to get back to some kind of normality to some degree. I get that. Um but then I often think to myself, well, if it's it's tricky because with the vaccine now, clearly that has. I mean, if we were if we didn't have that vaccine, we would be. Can you imagine what we'd be right now if we didn't have a vaccine? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I've got to say, my my hat. If I wore a hat, I would take it off. I'd put it on deliberately every day just so I could take it off again for all the scientists who worked so hard to get that vaccine going. Because you know, without them. 
we would not have a hope, not have a hope at all. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and whilst at the same time there are people who are, like you're, you're saying, you know, struggling and having to, to deal with this every day and, and suffering the long COVID effects, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it's, so tr- it's so tricky because what, what do you do? What is the right solution to it? What do you, what is the best thing to do? And I, I don't know, is, is the short answer is, I, have, I mean, there's no point asking me, I know nothing. Hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, to help people that are suffering from long COVID symptoms going forward, I mean, I just hope that she is able to, you know, put bread on the table and, you know, yes. pay the bills and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it, we're, we're living in, in straightened times when it comes to, I mean, we just had the budget recently and, uh, you know, a lot of mm. people are saying that's not going nearly far enough. Um, so, yeah, heart goes out to everyone who is struggling at the moment because, yeah, we haven't got back to any kind of normality. And there's a lot of other factors, obviously, at play, too, that are making these very unusual times. But um, luckily, technology is here to help people. And, uh, yeah, in particular, one something we're going to look at today. Yeah, well, just, is... just on that point, though, right? It's so funny you say that because last night I found a new news channel on Sky. It's called NBC News Now. And I, I know why it's there. It's because... Sky is now owned by Comcast, which owns NBC in the States, and I guess we're getting a lot of their network and channels coming through Sky now, uh, which is fine. And, you know, more news channels is a good thing. My wife comes down last night. um, I'm watching quite late into the evening. And, you know, it's just that relentless beat of misery. (laughs) It's just every single story is, you know, a crash and someone's been murdered and there's been a heist and there's a something's overturned somewhere and a country's upside down or, you know, whatever it is. And she says to me, she says, this is just so depressing. And at that moment, I thought to myself, you know, it's funny, but when we do the tech stuff, it always feels a bit more hopeful, weirdly. And I know technology can be used for terrible things, and it has yeah. been, and I know technology is not always, you know, shown in the best light on the news. Um, yeah. But when we, when we talk about this stuff, when I look back over the, the episodes we've done, there's actually a sense of hope. Or is it just burying our heads in the sand? I, I don't know which one it is. Well, when but... you look at what we're applying technology to, which is disability and overcoming, mm. you know, the, the particular needs that we have, it is massively positive. It really yeah. is. We're, we're basically always, you know, by necessity, focusing on the really good side to, to technology and how empowering and, and kind of what a leveller it is. So, yeah, no, I mean, I've been lucky to be working in this area for... 25 26 years now in fact before then at the rnib as well um as an it instructor so yeah totally i love it Absolutely you did you work it. at the rnib as well i did for 18 months wow in torquay there was a brilliant brilliant place um where they had uh you know the the government paid for uh nine week residential courses for newly visually impaired people or people that were you know oh, needing yes. to learn yeah. a range of skills from mobility to daily living to to it and i went there as a uh a user shall we say as a you know recipient mm. and luckily they kept me on afterwards as an it oh, no instructor so i was there for 18 months torquay absolutely amazing part of the world guys palm trees um beautiful place yeah and that yeah gave me the stepping stone into getting a job at AbilityNet. so really um thankful to rnib thank you so much well, well when was that how many years ago was that 95 94, Jeez. 96, yeah. What age were you then? 
24. 24, age was I 95, I'm trying to think. Funnily <laughs> enough, 1995, I was... A baby. Uh, 14. <laughs> yeah, I was 14. I remember that because I got my first... 1995 was the first year I did hospital radio. Mm-hmm. That was the first year because I came down to where I live now, strangely. The place I now live was where I did the hospital radio. We, my mum and dad fell in love with the little town. And much later in life, late 2000, or mid-2000s, we decided to move here. And um, the irony was the hospital had been shut down by then. <laughs> so, you know, the hospital radio had gone, the hospital itself had gone. But, um, but yeah, it was, it was a great place to be. I remember, you know, doing that. And it was funny because, you know, having... For me, and it's interesting because I think our worlds would have probably collided in some respects because you were being sent there in a way or you were going there to get Mm -hmm. assistance and help to, you know, essentially live an independent life, Mm -hmm. which was, of course, the whole point of this. And interestingly, at that point in my life in 1995, I was was actually a social worker who'd come out and said to my mum, you know, Stephen's got to get out of the house. He's got to get out more. He's got to be doing things. And I wasn't doing very much. And it wasn't because anybody was holding me back. It's just I wasn't really engaging with anything. Mm-hmm. I didn't really know what to engage with. I think my mum was concerned because we were in a very rough part of Glasgow. There was a lot of concern about what was outside and what I would get involved in and or end up involved in without realising it. So there was a bit of a hesitation. You know, suddenly I'm a drug runner and I didn't mean to be. You know, that kind of thing. Um, I just thought I was delivering mail and I don't know what's in it. So... <laughs> There was a concern about that, and I think for that reason, my mum always kept me indoors. And I and I actually attribute that a lot of that to the fact I don't have an accent really from where I come from. You know, growing up in East End of Glasgow, you know, I don't have that accent mm-hmm. that came with it because I just wasn't in it really. I wasn't part of it. And then we moved so much, we moved out of it, and I went to a different school in a different part of the city. They all spoke differently. They were like aliens to me. <laughs> And it was just really weird. So I was always around different people and I learned I had to adjust my accent to be able to to do what I had to do. And then in 1995, I mean, just come back to that point, you know, I remember the, the social worker saying, you know, it would be really good if you could, could do that. You know, what are you interested in? And my mum says at the time, he loves talking into that tape recorder. <laughs> <laughs> Natural. Just naturally just talking away. And there's tapes of me at like eight years old, which will never be unearthed. Okay, mm-hmm. never. I know where they are, and I and my wife doesn't. That's the key. And um, I, <laughs> they can't be sold out onto the internet because I'm not having them out there. But <clears throat> I, I remember listening to these, and I would just ramble away a lot of nonsense. And um, yeah, I did. I just enjoyed talking away to myself. I mean, some would see that as a problem, um, but actually, it became a career. <laughs> so, yeah kind of worked itself out but isn't it interesting how at that point both our worlds were kind of in a similar path we both needed something to help us get to the next level and um and and for me at 14 it was that uh, and for you it was 24 um yeah. <laughs> you know getting getting the chance to to do that and, and sort of relearn life it's incredible yeah and, and after realizing that engineering probably wasn't gonna happen for me but i wasn't gonna be a bus driver i mean we grew up across from a bus garage and i was absolutely obsessed with buses and um i just i had my dad bought me a pair of binoculars or whether he bought them or not i don't know he found them or had them i don't know but he had this i remember this pair of binoculars in this big leather case and it would always sit on the windowsill and i'd go up at night and i'd stare through these binoculars and i always think what, what must those guys have thought looking back you know 
because they can obviously see me. <laughs> Why is this guy <laughs> looking at me? <laughs> repeating Tom <laughs> talking to himself. Okay. <laughs> yeah, what is wrong with this kid? Um, they're standing there with his little pyjamas on, you know, staring at us, you know, recording himself into cassette tape. Yeah, I mean, when you play it back, it doesn't sound great. Um, <laughs> but thank goodness for hospital radio, because I was just listening to uh, Galton and Simpson um, tribute and... Yeah, uh, you know, Hancock's Half Hour, Steptoe and Son, absolute classic mm -hmm. uh, comedy, British comedy. And they met in a sanatorium. They both had TB and they were in it for three years. And they set up a hospital radio uh, station there. And that's where they, you know, cut their teeth or whatever, um, learning how to put an, a show out each week. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Well, that was it. I mean, it was, it was, it was interesting because the people who worked there, I mean, some of them, I mean, I met some interesting characters along the, the way, as you can imagine. Um, but I remember the passion. I remember the passion for, you know, doing this and, and that it was important. And you could, anybody at any point could turn around and say, look, frankly, who cares? We could do anything here. No one's listening. But they were. And, and it was because we were told, go and, you know, don't just sit in a studio and talk. Go and talk to your listeners. Go and actually spend some time with people. Mm-hmm. It was to try and educate you on the value of the listener as well. You know, they've got a voice, they've got a view, they've got an opinion. And in order to engage them and make them listen, you've got to give them something. So, you know, whether it's a song they want to hear, whether it's a mention, whether and, and, you know, even today, with all the technology we have, with Instagram, with Facebook, with all this stuff, if you say someone's name on the radio, it holds so much power. People just love it. People still yeah. call in radio stations for song requests. I mean, you know, you can ask any device around you to play a song. But if, you know, Kate Garraway on Smooth turns around and says, hi, Stephen and Marie uh, down there in, in Stonehouse in Glasgow, I'd be like, wow, I said my name on the radio. I said, I'd get goosebumps, you know. <laughs> down there is uh, Smooth Radio um, broadcasting from Inverness. <laughs> well... Yeah. <laughs> Depends on where you are, right? That's that's, that's another. Yeah. That's actually a very interesting point about radio. Yeah, know your know your locations. Well, I don't work on smooth, so I don't have to worry about that. But um, but yeah. Anyway, like 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 you say, I mean, technology has has changed everything for us. It really has in a lot of in a lot of positive ways. And I think that's the that's the one thing we can pull out of all of this. You know, with the, despite the world being what it is, you know, we've actually had some amazing moves forward with technology and this this one apparently we haven't talked enough about this grandpa peter has been in touch mm. and grandpa peter says stephen you haven't been talking about this feature if at all or enough on your new podcast now he's absolutely right peter taylor who wrote in is absolutely right we've never talked about it on this podcast we have talked about it on previous we did talk about it on the old show we do talk about it on double tap canada Another excellent podcast, by the way, mm. if anybody hasn't got that already. If you're in Canada, it's on AMI Audio, on the radio, on the TV. I think that's how that works. Um, and it's, you know, we've even got a TV show as well, Double Tap TV. Honestly, we've got so much stuff. But you should go check it out. It's brilliant. Um, Am I allowed to mention that we've covered it on uh, a couple of other shows as well? Absolutely. Well, listen, you're part of the family <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. So, you know, Dot to Dot, The Echo Show, yep. these are part of our family. Yeah. Dysfunctional, uh, <laughs> chaotic, <laughs> slightly unwanted uh, offspring. But no, yeah. <laughs> uh, 
As it's right. just funny because we, we all pop up on different shows in different places, don't we? We all kind of, I don't think I've been on your Echo show though for a long time. I don't take it personally. Um, no, but that's because we don't have guests on that one. But dot to dot, yep. You know, you know what it is? It's because, honestly, I'll tell you why I've not been on. This is, this is, I'll, I'll be brutally honest. It's because I've got to do homework for it. And I, I'm not good at homework. I was terrible at school. Yep. We're um, it. Yeah. Oh, there you go. I've broken my timer as a result of that. That would be so excited about homework that I uh, broke my timer, <laughs> which I didn't, haven't even started. There you go. That tells you how much I'm enjoying this conversation. Um, but I, um, but yeah, we, we didn't talk much about this feature recently. And it's because I, I think we all, f- we, we get guilty of this, don't we? we? And this is where I think this is great when the audience do this, when someone gets in touch and Peter's done this, kind of bringing it back to basics in some way and saying, hey, look, here's some great features that already exist that you may not even be aware of and the existing products you may already have. Now, if you have, for example, the Amazon Echo Show, which is the basically the Echo with the screen, there's a cool feature on it which lets blind people use the camera that's on board this device to identify products. That's pretty cool. Very cool. Absolutely. There's a lot of good accessibility features in Echo Shows, the ones with screens. Mm. And this is just a, a brilliant, recent, relatively recent addition. Uh, yeah, can't wait to uh, let the guys hear what it sounds like in action. Yeah, well, let, let's do that. So let's bring in, this is Peter. I'd gone back to Peter on email after he'd emailed in to say, look, you, you know, you don't talk about this much. So I, <laughs> I put it right back on Peter and I said, okay, <laughs> how do you fancy recording a demo for us? And he did. So this is his demo of the Amazon Echo feature called Show and Tell, available only on Amazon Echo Show devices. That's the devices with a screen. Peter. Hi, I'd like to do a little demo of a feature of my Echo Show 8 that I haven't heard anybody mention, and I only discovered it by accident. But she will actually identify products for you by holding products in front of the camera about a foot above the work surface and about a foot away from the camera and you say the magic words Alexa what am I holding? Let's see. I think that's Kenko instant coffee. For more info on this product, say, Alexa, details. Well, that was a bit of an easy one. The bottle gave gives it away for me, really. But I'll try another jar that I've just pulled out of the cupboard, and I'm not sure what's inside. Alexa, what am I holding? Let's see. It looks like whole earth peanut butter. Two out of two. I'm impressed. Right, I'm going to give it something a little more challenging now. Um, We'll try this, because this is quite important in my life. Alexa, what am I holding? Let's see. If you need to, touch the device to reorient yourself. It looks like Regency Hampers Hamper. Well, it's not. I'm not quite sure what's gone wrong there. So we'll try again. I think when it, when it struggles to identify things, it takes longer. So, Alexa, what am I holding? 
Let's see. If you need to, touch the device to reorient yourself. So I'm rotating this can of liquid, which I'm not sure of the content. I read the following words, old, 440 emla, bursting, 5, hen. Right, well it's actually old speckled hen and it got enough words in there for me to know that it wasn't drain cleaner. Um, we'll try an another can, which I don't know what's in this one, uh, Alexa. What am I holding? Let's see. I'm rotating the can. Uh, when it makes up beeping. I'm not sure about that. Show me another side. Remember to hold your item about 12 inches above the work surface and centered with the camera. I read the following words, 48 volume 440 Emla, Cider Makers, Alk, 1. Okay, Cider. So I think tonight I'll have the speckled hen. So round things are not so easy, just depends how well they're labeled. Um, but I'm gonna try a, a, a little box I bought out of the cupboard here. Uh, I think I know what's in it, but I just want to confirm. Alexa, what am I holding? Let's see. It looks like Coleman's mustard powder. Bingo, spot on. Now, another thing that's quite useful, not that I'm a big tablet taker, but I've got a couple of boxes of tablets here. I don't know what's in them. I would have to ask somebody else normally. So let's have a go. Alexa, what am I holding? Let's see. If your item is large, try holding it further away from the camera. Remember to hold your item about 12 inches above the work surface and centered with the camera. I read the following words, tablet 16, ibuprofen 16 tablets, happy shopper ibuprofen. Ibuprofen 200 milligrams tablets. Okay, that's right. I had some ibuprofen when I hurt my leg earlier in the year. So, what, one more lot? Alexa, what am I holding? Let's see. Try moving your items slowly left or right. Remember to hold your item centered with the camera at about 12 inches away. Show me another side. It looks like an Adidas product. I read the following words. Take this medicine, allergy relief, tablets. Well, it is a hay fever tablet. Whether it's made by Adidas or not, I'm not sure. But I th that could have come off my shirt. It is a mistake to wear labelled clothing when you're doing this job. Okay, so a really useful bit of kit. 
not always perfect, but it's it gets you there. Now, it's goodbye from Grandpa Peter from South Devon and back over to the control centre. To you, Stephen, and the crew. Many thanks for a great programme. Well, Peter, that was a great demo. And, you know, it was really interesting to hear you trying all these different products. Um, I, I, the thing that really stood out for me there, Robin, was that, you know, if it doesn't get the product right, so, for example, it didn't get the old speckled hen, but it kind of tried to read, you know, essentially turning itself into OCR for a second, rather than using barcodes yep. to scan the product yep. and figure out what it is. It was kind of using the, the traditional OCR to sort of identify what the text was, and it wasn't getting it perfect, but... As he said, it meant that he knew it was old speckled hen and not drain cleaner. Absolutely. It's a kind of a combination for people that know uh, seeing AI between the product channel and the short text channel. So it's doing them both at the same time. Absolutely. I mean, for whatever reason, finding barcodes is a little bit hit and miss, isn't mm. it? Um, and it's nothing to do with the resolution of the camera because, you know, OK, those probably are only, I don't know, five, eight megapixel cameras. But, you know, use the rear facing camera on your smartphone, which are, you know, really good quality. And it's the same, the same scenario. So for whatever reason, and we could, you know, I'm sure you're going to do something on, on NaviLens and like the next gen of uh, mm. um, these barcodes, QR codes. But um, yeah, it defaults to trying to grab text as well. And OK, it's a little bit hit and miss still. But you've got it there. It's on the, you know, you don't have to kind of get your phone out and open up a particular app. You can literally just say that phrase, hold up something. Uh, if it's a device, you know, on your kitchen bench already, for example, then what could be simpler than that? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, as he said, you know, some of the, the circular objects or bottles are a little bit more challenging because obviously the text is wrapped around them, whereas flat objects tend to be a little bit better. I mean, I love the fact that you can even pick up on his um, tablets like ibuprofen it was telling him that it was telling him the, the medication so he knew it was the right one i mean i think if you're you know it's interesting you were in a situation the other day if you don't mind me saying that you know you had to use ira wasn't it to identify not so much the product but the usage directions on the product and that's something which these devices will maybe not give you the detail of yeah i mean i did use the short text um and the document channel actually on seeing ai and it did a decent job but i thought you know can I can I really rely on OCR to tell me how many tablets, how many times a day, and you know whether it's with food or whatever? Um, they were just uh, antibiotics, but you know you've got to get this right. So I thought, okay, I'll do a quick video call. Uh, I thought, should I use BMAIs? And for whatever reason, it didn't feel quite as appropriate as as you know. I thought, okay, this is a, a chance to um, put Ira through its paces. And it was a brilliant experience. Uh, for whatever reason, I haven't used Ira for ages. And when I opened up the app, it kind of did the onboarding again. And when I uh, did the call, she asked me some preferences. So I obviously hadn't kind of been fully registered on their system. So yeah, she asked me lots of things about um, how, much, how verbose I'd like my navigation, you know, to tell me what's around me if, when we're out and about, if I do an Ira call for that whether I want, you know, ordinals like north, south, east, etc., for directions or clock face, etc. So it just felt like a really professional onboarding uh, process. And, you know, as a result, I felt really confident that she would be able to quickly find the instructions for me. I'd be able to rely on what she was going to tell me. And, you know, whilst Be My Eyes, I, I do use uh, semi-regularly, 
um, to tell me whether I don't know the there's how many minutes there are left on the dishwasher cycle um, mm. so that I don't flood the kitchen when I open the door, that sort of thing. <laughs> That's kind of low stakes um, scenario. And I've used it when I've got turned around out and about. But yeah, I was super impressed by Ira. And that was just part of the free uh, five minute call that you get each day. So um, I'm definitely going to use that a little bit more. Uh, not show and tell, obviously not um, AI, a human, but I think all of these dovetail together nicely. And as we were saying before, you know, about technology and how empowering it is, choice is so brilliant, isn't it? You know, you've got everything from a mainstream device that you've got right there on your kitchen bench, being able to tell you about stuff in your hand, right yeah. up to really professional, um, well-trained humans somewhere in the world who are available i was going to say at your beck and call that doesn't sound quite right but you know instantly hmm. to help you in a kind of a high stake situation and there's a bit of an update to this because peter emailed in just this morning and he said one thing to consider here is that when you add voice view which is the screen reader onto the amazon echo show if you touch the screen and you've asked it to you know show you something or tell you what it is um extra information will appear on the screen. And if you touch the screen, it will give you that. And I've noticed this in a couple of products. Sometimes, for example, my Frey Bentos meatballs, um, which are delicious, by the way, uh, when cooked on a stove, not in a microwave. A little cooking tip for you there, Robin. I'm a pesky. Pescatarian, sorry. I have no idea what that means, but does that, <laughs> does that mean you don't eat Frey Bentos meatballs? No, I eat fish. So fish. unless fish have got... No, I'm not going to go there. Free Bentos fish. I don't know if they do that. I'll, I'll check. <laughs> I will check for you. <laughs> I will research that for you. Find out an upcoming weekend edition of Free Bentos do fish. Fish um, balls. Yep. Fish balls. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't do. want to meet that fish at night. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, the, the thing is, um, you know, with, with some of these products, it will give you extra information. It might tell you what's in the product, ingredients or, you know, whatever. But not always. It does depend a lot on, I guess, who's put the information in at the other end. I mean, who's actually adding this information and where is it being added? Um, so, you know, that's something that is clearly... Do you know what's a bit... It reminds me a little bit like the old days when you used to rip CDs and you'd put the CD yeah, in the player. Yeah, the meta information. Yeah, and sometimes it wouldn't get it at all and sometimes it would be bang on and sometimes it was absolute garbage. I mean, that's an exact parallel because, you know, it's going away and it's reviewing or kind of... A, um, Library, I guess. Looking at a library or a database, yeah. And um, similarly, you know, if the product hasn't got enough information in it, then, uh, it's, you know, what can it do? But we see that with um, seeing AI and Envision AI and stuff as well. You know, it's it's only as good as the data that it can access. And there are lots of other ways to do this. And I think that's the thing. If you've got a smartphone, and even if you, you have a, I mean, you know, I think about the Blind Shell Classic, you know, it's a good example of a feature mm -hmm. phone rather than the smartphone. You know, you've got Be My Eyes in there now, which is pretty cool. And um, yep. I think there are OCR apps, scanning apps inside that, that phone as well. So there's ways to do it. But if you have got a smartphone, you have got options. I mean, on the iPhone side, you've got Seeing AI. Um, you've got Envision. Mm -hmm. um, that's cross-platform with Android as well. And on the Android side, you've got Google Lookout, which actually I would argue is slightly superior to Seeing AI to some degree at least in terms of speed and product identification, I found it gave me a lot more information on Lookout than it ever did on Seeing AI. Hmm. 
So that's quite interesting. And again, you wonder why, because if it's all coming from the same place. I think, yeah. Yeah, but the same info, right? But no, I, I tend to find you get more information. And I think it's just the speed of delivery. The right. Google Lookout app, it, it just seems a bit more kind of on the ball. Um, but, you know, and I kind of wish both, I wish you could get Seeing AI on the other and I wish you could get Google Lookout over an iPhone. Yeah. But uh, and I'm sure that'll happen. I mean, I don't think it's that anyone's holding it back. I think it's, it's not like a competition thing. I think it's just probably resource. That's, that's holding it back and you know and in some ways you'd rather it was a better solution than it being available across multiple channels you know if it, you'd rather just a really good app and then eventually when they port it over to the other you know you're getting that really great experience as well but um we will we're going to do more on this because i think it'd be good to do like a demo maybe we all take an app each and we try because the other one that, that we don't talk about very often i know uh, sally is a big fan of is um super sense mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, we've had comments about this. Gordon got in touch with us to say he wasn't a big fan of SuperSense. He didn't like it. He found it inaccurate and slow. So I'd be interested to hear how Sally got on with it. Um, because I've heard good things about SuperSense. You've yeah, got to pay for it, I think. It. That's the only thing. You got, it's a subscription-based. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, so we, sh- we should put all these to the test. And, you know, you were also mentioned before we started, One there's a bit of a rise in indoor navigation apps and conversations around using technology to navigate indoors, which for a long time was a challenge. Yep. But technology is getting better. There's a lot of hope, I think, that the new version of the iPhone, the the 14 that comes out this year, will have LiDAR in it from the early, you know, the, the, the lower end, if you like, from the iPhone 14 through to the Pro rather than just in the Pro models, because that would and make Google LiDAR glasses. more accessible. I mean, uh, Apple Glass is still holding out. Yeah, well, that yep. would be, yeah, I mean... Uh, Let's let's just fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. I think for WWDC this year, mm-hmm. and let's hope that they actually announce it. I'm not sure they'll announce something that's available to buy, but they might show off the prototype at that stage. So you never know. But look, let's be let's be clear on this. You know, one email from Peter, and look what it started. This big conversation about all these different services that exist, and we will talk about all of them here on the podcast. So, Grandpa Peter, thank you so much mm. for emailing. Brilliant demo. Love the demo. Thank you for that. And if anyone else wants to send in a demo, you're more than welcome to. You can record it on your phone or your watch or anything at all, even on a, another device. It doesn't, it doesn't need to be a smartphone. If you've got a Victor Reader lying around, just hit record on it. You know, just keep yourself about six inches away from the mic. Don't get too much further away than that, just so we can hear you okay and hear whatever you're doing. Uh, Peter's demo was, was incredibly good audio quality, so thank you for that, Peter. And, um, you know, just send in your demo. Send in, you know, if you're using something, if there's something you want to show us, something you're using that you just think everybody else should know about or that we should be telling people about, then then show us it. So, yeah, tell us what you think. And uh, you can drop your emails to hello at blindguytalkstech.com. If you want to just leave us a short message, I'm told that in the inbox allows up to three minutes for a message. So um, brevity is key, which I know is ironic considering our show. But um, there is a strange irony in that. But if you want to leave a voicemail, you can. The number is 0204 571 3354. And uh, Robin, of course, you'll always catch on the Dot to Dot podcast. Another one today. How many episodes is that you've done now? I think we're nearly up to 1900. Wow. Well, we have a party at your 2000th. Yeah, definitely. Okay, can, I, can I get Everyone cake? invited. <laughs> Everyone invited, but only enough cake for me. Just to be clear okay. on that. Okay, thank okay. you. Uh, we will uh, be back with you on the weekend edition. Look forward to that. Thank you, Robin. Wait. 
And uh, for everyone else, I'll catch you tomorrow. If you want even more Blind Guy in your life, visit blindguytalkstech.com for previous episodes. Find us on your podcast apps or ask Lady A or Lady G to play Blind Guy Talks Tech Podcast on Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening. Catch you tomorrow.